Hi, um, I called you about five times and no one's gotten back to me, so I just decided to follow up in person. I was wondering who I talked to about possibly getting a show here in your gallery. Um, I'm sorry, uh, we're booked up until 3020. 3020? Yes, 3020. That's a thousand years from now. Y yes, yes, we're booked up until then and we're not taking any more submissions, I'm sorry. That's usually how the exchange goes when you approach a gallery to show your work for the first time. So today we're going to talk about just that, how to get your work into galleries. Welcome to the Slickshin Culture Podcast. This is episode number two. I'm your host, Iceberg Slick, and the show is brought to you by M Modern Worldwide. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Slickshin Culture Podcast, where we discuss all things art. Today, we're going to be talking about galleries, how to get into them, uh, what types of galleries there are, and do you even need a gallery? Some, some artists don't need a gallery. So we're going to explore all of that. If this is your first time listening, just know that there is an explicit disclaimer attached due to language, right? Now, I'm no NWA or Lil Wayne. But every once in a while, a cuss word might fly out. Certainly, you don't have a problem with that. And if you do, you're probably not an artist anyway. So why are you here? <laughs> right, right. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's good to see that we have some actual artists listening. And this is not to say that all artists just love cuss words. It's just that they're usually a little bit more lenient with that type of stuff. But anyway... So you want to get into galleries, right? You want, you want your work to be shown. You want all the people to show up and praise you, tell you how dope you are as an artist. I get it. But how do you do it? I remember back in the day when I decided I wanted to start showing my work in galleries. I went about it all wrong. And this was before social media, before Google. So all I had was a phone book and a stack of juxtaposed magazines. And so I started out locally, right? So naturally, I'm going to check the galleries that are located in Vegas. Now, at this time, Vegas had no arts district, okay? There was no art scene, and, and Vegas wasn't exactly known as a cultural hotspot. So I was calling any place that had gallery next to their name, and I was just like, hey, I'm a pretty dope artist, and I'd like to show my work. How do I get a show? And if they didn't hang up on me outright, they just told me, um, that's not how we do things here. So I said, okay, it must just be because Vegas is stupid and there's no art scene. They, they don't know dope art. So naturally, let me go to these juxtaposed magazines and start contacting some of these galleries, most of which were in California right next door. So I started calling these galleries saying, hey, yo, I'm a dope-ass artist. like to have a show. And if they didn't hang up on me outright, they also told me that, um, that's not how we do things here. So I, I was left with how does one get a show if no one will ever give me a show? I was at a loss. So at that point, um, I just co-founded an art uh, collective with a few other artists and we just forged our own way here in Vegas. But that's another story. Now, let me say up front for the record 
not every artist needs a gallery, right? Uh, there's plenty of independent artists who, you know, now with the internet and the social media age, have built up an audience via YouTube or via Instagram. They got Etsy accounts, eBay accounts, and they're making a living selling their work directly to clients, right? They don't have to share any commissions or anything like that. They're, they're selling directly. And that's fine. If that's all you want to do, you want to create and you just want to be able to fund your creations and you know live a little off of it, that's fine. However, if you are concerned about your legacy, meaning if you are concerned about your name still ringing bells after you leave this earthly abode, then you're probably going to want to use galleries. There are very few artists who have passed on whose names we still talk about who got that way independently without the help of galleries. Except for maybe the artists of the hieroglyphics or the cave paintings from 100,000 years ago. <laughs> but the rest of us, you know, we really need galleries and museums. Um, now, here's why that is. A gallery with a good reputation over the years are able to build up a heavy clientele base that consists of hardcore collectors and also high-profile collectors. Now, hardcore collectors, these are people who buy, all right? And if they really like you, they're going to wait in line to buy the next thing you paint and the next thing you sculpt or what have you. And often, hardcore collectors hang out with other hardcore collectors and they compete against one another. They actually throw parties at their mansions and lofts just to show off the new things they buy. They, they bought, right? So if your piece is hanging up there, the other hardcore collectors are like, who is this? Huh, I want one too. And next thing you know, you're in demand, right? Now, high-profile collectors, these consist of celebrities, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, the type of people who do not have the time to discover you on Instagram or YouTube, Right. These people don't have time for much of anything outside of their careers. So they'll call the curators or the gallery operators of these big name galleries and say, hey, you know, I just bought a new penthouse in Malibu and I need some dope art. Uh, what do you got for me? Next thing you know, your artwork is sitting above the couch in the mansion of the CEO of, I don't know, U-Haul. <laughs> right. And having your work be added to the collections of such a person or, say, a celebrity can do wonders for you as an artist, whether you're dead or alive. Because like clothes or anything else, uh, celebrity endorsement sells anything. Let's say, for an example, Leonardo DiCaprio, who we all know is a big art enthusiast, was to buy one of your pieces from a gallery. And he hangs it up in his home. And then Entertainment Tonight, I think that's the name of it, decides to do an interview with him in his home. And he happens to sit right where your painting is going to be visible directly behind him. Suddenly, overnight, you are in demand. Because every collector, every buyer wants to be able to say, oh, yes, uh, me and Leonardo DiCaprio, we have the same taste in art. We even have the same art dealer. Now every art magazine wants to do an interview with you and your price is quadruple. And to top it all off, one day... Some museum is going to approach Leonardo DiCaprio and ask him if they can borrow his collection. 
so they can show the official Leonardo DiCaprio collection. And now your work is sitting in a museum right next to all the other artists that Leonardo bought. And I know he's a big Mark Ryden fan, so you, your work might be right next to Mark Ryden, right next to Damien Hirst. Who knows? But hey, if the independent route is the best route for you, then take that route. All I'm saying is that a buyer like Leonardo DiCaprio will more than likely discover your work inside a reputable gallery as opposed to just stumbling upon your YouTube or Etsy page. Before we get into how to get into a gallery, let's talk about the different types of galleries that exist because there are different types of galleries. And I just want to focus on four, which are the most common types. And this will probably take longer uh, than the segment where we talk about what you have to do to actually get into a commercial gallery uh, because there's really not that many steps to it, not that many options. So let's talk about the uh, four types of galleries. Or should I say the four main types of galleries? Starting with number one, the co-op gallery. This is a gallery that is shared by two or more artists who all contribute to the upkeep and the rent and all that stuff. And it's how I started. Once I discovered I couldn't just call a gallery and get a show, me and some friends got together and started a co-op gallery called Studio 5. And this is the model that I suggest for all young artists who are just starting out, get a few fellow artists, find a storefront or a space, preferably in a, you know, a high foot traffic area, or if you have an arts district in your town or city, somewhere near there and start a co-op gallery. It's a great adventure. Um, not only do you get a firsthand understanding of how the business side of the art world works, uh, it gives you an, an opportunity to see how a gallery operates. So when you start dealing with bigger name galleries with your own work, you'll have some sense of understanding of what goes into it. Not to mention that unless your last name is Hilton, you're more than likely a starving artist when you're first starting out. So having help uh, paying the rent on such a space is golden. That's the co-op gallery. Number two. The retail gallery. The retail gallery is basically a pay to play game. Uh, whereas instead of relying on art sales to pay the bills, a retail gallery just straight up charges artists to hang their work. Uh, and they usually uh, rent each wall to a separate artist. So if you have a retail gallery with four walls, each of those walls will have a different price based on size and location. And the only issue I have with retail galleries is the aesthetics of it all. Like you may rent a wall in there and let's say you have dope work, your presentation is dope, but the person right next to you has crappy art. And uh, just because they had the money to rent the wall, uh, now it could mess up your entire presentation and it becomes more of a swap meet. You know, so I, retail galleries certainly, certainly wouldn't be my first choice. Uh, if I was just starting out, but it is an option. If you can't find nothing else, say there's a big event coming up 
and you want to make sure that your art has a presence in that area, then that might be your only options. But if you can help it, avoid it, because retail galleries generally don't care about the quality of the work, and it can really cheapen your brand as an artist. Next up, number three, the Vanity Gallery. Now, this gallery gets the worst rep, and for good reason, because it's usually a hustle, it's usually a scam. And the way they operate is they'll hit you up via Instagram or Facebook email and they'll say, hey, we saw your work. Your work is great. I represent this gallery. And the gallery is usually located in in a, a prestigious place like Beverly Hills or Tribeca in New York, Miami, you know, and. They know that's going to pique any artist's interest because what artist doesn't want to show in those locations? And it's really easy for both new and seasoned professional artists to get caught up in this type of web uh, because a new artist is happy that a gallery is showing interest. A seasoned artist is used to galleries hitting them up all the time. So it's easy for either one of them to fall prey to this type of scam. Recently, a very good friend of mine who is a seasoned professional artist hit me up and said, check this out. This gallery hit me up. It seems pretty interesting. Let me know what you think. And so I looked at the link and I was going through the website and about for the first half hour of me reading through this website, I was like, this looks good to me. Like, this seems like a hell of a deal, man. You should take it. But then with a little bit more research, a little bit more digging, it became clear to me that this was more than likely a vanity gallery scam. And once he made the call and talked to one of their representatives, he was able to confirm that and avoid any involvement. But I'm going to tell you what to look out for so that you could avoid this. Now, first of all, let me explain to you exactly what they do and how they work. Uh, Again, they'll hit you up just like any other gallery who's interested in working with you. And the first red flag is this. If you are a new artist who has never had a solo show in a reputable gallery, chances are no gallery located in Aspen, Colorado or Miami Beach, Florida or Beverly Hills, California is going to offer you a solo show right off the bat. That just doesn't happen. That will be the equivalent of the NFL offering you a multi-million dollar contract because they saw you playing catch with your little brother in your front yard just doesn't happen. But let's just say that you overlook that. The next red flag is the fees. And they usually start off with a small nominal fee and they'll call it a processing fee or something like that. And they'll tell you this fee is for, uh, they they would like to take an image of your work and put it on their website, which they claim gets a million hits a month. And the fee is usually like uh, between $150 to $250. And so you might be thinking, well, you know, it's not that much money for free advertising. And so you pay it. Okay, but it doesn't stop there. The next thing they're going to do is schedule a phone call with you. And believe me, they're going to send the wolf in. Okay, this is going to be a professional who knows the art game in and out. They know how to talk to artists, especially young, aspiring artists. And he or she is going to stroke your ego and tell you how you're the hottest thing they've seen. And they haven't seen anything like you since Damien Hurst. 
And then they're going to tell you about the location of where the gallery is and how it's right across the street from the Versace store and right next door to the Lamborghini dealership. All you have to do is pay for all the shipping to get your work there and pay for the insurance. And at that point, you may be thinking, well, hey, my dad makes good money or my girlfriend's a stripper. I can pay for that. But it doesn't stop there. Next, they're going to go on to tell you about the friend they have who works at the local radio station in that city and the other friend who writes for the weekly rag in that city and how one wants to do a one hour interview with you about your art and the other one wants to write an article on you about your art, all for the low price of twenty five hundred dollars. And hey, maybe your dad makes a lot of money or your girlfriend is a really good stripper and you don't have a problem with that. Once they sense that, they're going to say, well, that was just package A. For package B, for $5,500, you get all of that that we mentioned, and we'll throw in catering and a limo to and from your hotel. By the end of it, you're, you're going to spend $8,000. And, and they're still going to want 50% of anything you sell. It's totally not worth it. The best you're going to get out of it is some cool Instagram photos. Uh, but that's it. Now, when I was investigating for my friend who was recently hit up by a vanity gallery, I dug in and I went and found artists who had actually fallen for the scam. And it was sad. You know, I felt very bad for them because they look so happy in their pictures. And I'm just like, wow, you know, how much did you pay to do that? And you're not going to sell anything. And it's not going to help your career at all. Like, this is not going to put you on anybody's radar to get you bigger shows in more prestigious galleries. So that's the vanity gallery. Stay away from it unless you're just filthy rich and you don't care. Um, now, 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 there is one there's one instance where I could see the use of a vanity gallery working in your favor, and that's if it's located near something like Art Basel or San Diego Comic-Con. Something that's guaranteed to draw a lot of people who are interested in art and who will be in that, you know, a lot of foot traffic in that area. That would be the only way I would see, you know, spending that kind of money to have some kind of visibility in something that, you know, that you might not be able to get into otherwise. But yeah, that's the vanity gallery, which brings us to the final gallery type number four, which is the one that all artists ultimately want to get to. And this is the commercial gallery. The commercial gallery is a for-profit operation who relies on art sales to not only make money for themselves, but also for the artist. Everybody's happy. Everyone gets paid. The commercial gallery's reputation is based on the quality and caliber of the artists they show, as well as the quality and caliber of the clientele they attract. The bigger and better the reputation of the gallery, the more it's going to do for your career as an artist. That's the commercial gallery, and that is the gallery type that most artists aspire to get to. You know, I used to have these think tanks with other artists called Think Five Meetings. And we would get together every month and discuss 
things, right? Kind of have like these little mini TED talks about the art world and, you know, where it's headed and whatnot. And one of the topics that we explored uh, was we, we asked the question, are art galleries doomed to suffer the same fate as Tower Records and Blockbuster Video? Because at that time I was exploring uh, art sales online and I was looking at platforms like Etsy and eBay and I was watching those numbers surge. I was like, wow, a lot of artists are selling directly to the consumer via these platforms. But when I took a closer look at these artists to consumer direct sales, I found that most of these uh, art being sold was either prints or jaclays, and the average price range was well under $1,000. Whereas most online sales of original pieces priced at $5,000 and above were almost exclusively sold uh, by a reputable gallery or auction house. And the reason for this is a collector or a buyer who's willing to spend that type of money on a piece of art usually wants to be able to see it, maybe touch it and inspect it before they make that investment. And this was a lesson that many of them learned early in life by simply ordering from the back of comic books in the 1970s and 80s. <laughs> the sea monkeys weren't quite what they advertised is all I'm saying. And for anyone too young to understand that reference, just Google it. Anyway, before you consider um, showing your work in a gallery, first of all, you got to ask yourself why. Like, What is your aim? I know plenty of artists who don't care whether or not they sell their work. That's not what they're in it for. They just want to share their work. Uh, they just want to show their work. And that's fine. And if that's the case for you, then I would suggest going with any of the gallery models we discussed other than the commercial gallery. Uh, if you get yourself a solo gallery or a co-op gallery, you do what you want. Uh, if you get if you go into a retail gallery or a vanity gallery, uh, they don't care whether you sell or not because you're going to pay them up front. A commercial gallery uh, is looking to work with artists who are looking to actually sell their work because that's how they keep their lights on. Now, for the rest of you out there looking to get that cash as well as build your legacy, then the commercial gallery is where you want to be. Now, as with any industry, the first thing that matters here is your reputation. And if you haven't heard the last episode of the Slickshin Culture podcast, which was episode number one, please go back and listen to that because it's all about reputation and what to do and what not to do. Now, once you're ready to go and seek out galleries to show your work in, the first thing you got to recognize is the type of work that you do. And I know no artist wants to be put in a box, but it's important to know which style your work most resembles because um, commercial galleries specialize in particular types of art. And you don't want to waste your time submitting your work to a gallery that wouldn't be remotely interested in you, not because you're not good, but because your work doesn't fit their client base. You know, uh, there's a big difference between someone like us at M Modern who specialize in lowbrow pop surrealism and street art versus a gallery like, say, Hauser and Worth, who specializes in high-end contemporary works. Two completely different client bases. So make sure you research galleries before you approach them. Make sure that your work would be a good fit for them. 
So let's say you find a gallery or two in your area, hopefully, that fit the criteria. You know, you think that they would dig your work. Uh, Visit it. Go there during business hours and just take a gander. Now, I warn you up front, on your first visit to that gallery, do not walk in there with your portfolio in hand, especially if you have one of those big suitcase ones. Don't do it. A gallery curator or operator's job in a commercial gallery is to sell artwork, not to review portfolios. And it's a turnoff. So instead, just walk in, introduce yourself, look around, see how their presentation works, and then ask, hey, how do you guys take submissions from new artists? And they'll give you an email address to send your work to, or they'll, they might even have a day where they actually review portfolios. Do it that way. And hey, you might get lucky. You know, the curator might be bored at that moment or like something about you. And they might say, hey, uh, do you have your portfolio with you? And you say, yeah, hold on. Let me go to the car. So do it that way. But just don't just assume that the curator is going to want to see your portfolio right off the bat. All right. So once you know where these galleries are that you think you would be a perfect fit in, start attending openings. Right. When they have shows Go to the openings, uh, you know, reintroduce yourself to the curator, get to know who's who in the gallery. And if you see any of the artists uh, who might be present, go introduce yourself to them as well. Now, I'm going to give you a little artist hack that you can use. Okay, and it's effective if, you know, if everything lines up for you without being stalkerish or creepy. Ask the artist if they're willing to take a picture with you. Most oftentimes they will in front of one of their art pieces or whatever. And then ask them for their email address. Do not ask them for their phone number because that's way too creepy. Ask them for their email address. Normally, they'll have some kind of contact email address from their website or whatever. And just tell them that you're going to send them the picture. The next day, you hit them up via email and you, you know, you kind of follow up with them. Say, hey, it was great meeting you last night. Your show was inspirational. Something short and sweet. And here's the picture I promised you. Boom. Send them the picture. Next. Go to uh, Instagram and post the picture yourself. Make sure you tag the artist and the gallery. And you have a much better chance of them seeing the tag and coming to your profile and seeing your artwork. And maybe they'll comment, like, and perhaps even follow you. But more importantly, hopefully they'll see your artwork. And, you know, who knows what can happen from there. You know, but now don't get offended if... They don't like it or even respond to it because, you know, if the artist is, you know, has a big enough name, they're used to getting tagged and stuff and they might not even be handling their own account. And the same with the gallery. So, you know, but it's a little hack that you can use. I've seen it work. And, uh, you know, however, in the event that you don't want to do the picture thing, maybe you're too shy or maybe you have a flip phone and you're too embarrassed to pull out your phone camera, whatever the situation is. I got a second version of the hack, All right? Skip everything I just said, but at least go up to the artist, introduce yourself, say hi, and get the artist's email address. You know, whether you get it from them direct or you just ask them if they have a website, usually they do. And usually their contact info, info is right there on the website. The next day, Send a follow-up. Say, hey, it was very nice to meet you last night. Thank you for taking the time to say hello. Loved your show. 
And then you close it out with, hey, I'm an aspiring artist and I was wondering if you could just give me a few pointers on what I should do to get myself started in the gallery circuit. And then you put a link to your website or your Instagram or wherever they can see your artwork. Now, again, do not be offended if the artist does not return the email because, again, they're often very busy and sometimes they don't even handle their own social media accounts. However, you'd be surprised that when they do hit you back, how willing they are to help you. They might, they're not going to write you a book, but they might write a half a paragraph telling you or giving you some pointers. And who knows, if they're impressed enough with your art, they may bless you with an endorsement. I've seen it happen. And most new artist referrals that galleries take in come by way of established artists. Um, I don't know how many times an artist that we've worked with for years and trust has come to us and say, hey, I discovered this new artist. You guys may be interested in him or her. And naturally, we trust this artist. This artist knows what quality is and what kind of quality we look for. So, you know, it's already a green light. And then more, more often than not, when we see the work of the artist, it, it, it fits and we, we're willing to give them a shot. Now, we might not give them a solo show right off the bat based on that endorsement, but we'll definitely consider them for a future group show, which is the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, group shows are the easiest way to get into an established gallery. Uh, so whenever you do meet a curator, that should be one of the things you ask them. Is there any uh, group shows coming up that I may be able to submit work for? Uh, group shows are great because you only need one or two pieces, uh, you know, depending on what they allow. And uh, usually there you'll be showing alongside some, you know, more established and bigger name artists and this looks really good on your resume. So definitely be on the lookout for group show opportunities uh, because galleries are more willing to take a chance on you in a group show. And that's actually how galleries uh, more often than not find their emerging stars. Because what happens is, you know, we got this group show going on, a bunch of established big name artists, but then a lot of new blood. And when our clients show up, especially the ones who like new blood, uh, show up, we take them right to your piece and we say, hey, check this out. What do you think of this? This is a new young artist that we just started working with. And the client's either going to say, no, nah, what else you got? And we're going to take them to another artist. Or hopefully the client will say, wow, I really like this. Can I see more from this artist? And guess what's going to happen for you? The very next day, you're going to receive a phone call or an email asking you to have lunch so that we can discuss a future together. And it can be it can be that easy, you know, so always look for group show opportunities. And I'm actually going to do an entire show on group shows to, uh, so we can go deeper into it. It's never a sure thing, but it's an easier way to get into an established gallery. All right. Uh, the next uh, option are art fairs. Art fairs are great places to meet representatives of galleries, both national and international. Uh, you will have to deal with a little bit of snobbiness, so get ready for that. That's not just in the movies. There's some snobby motherfuckers at art fairs. And it's usually the, the representatives of the galleries that show stupid shit, like piles of rocks with string wrapped around them, 
or or the big green canvas with just a yellow stripe for forty million dollars. Those those are some snobby ass people. But other than that, art fairs are pretty cool. They're very inspiring. Uh, you're gonna see some cool shit. You're gonna see some stupid shit. <laughs> but it's a great way for you to talk to these representatives and ask them how they take submissions for new artists. Uh, some of them will actually look at your portfolio right then and there. Uh, that's why they do this. Um, if you're able um, to get yourself like a, a table or a booth at the fair, um, then you should do that too. Uh, because the galleries do send scouts out looking for new artists you know so yeah art fairs look them up uh they have in national international ones and they also have small local ones that will just be relevant to the galleries in your immediate area those would probably be a lot more a lot cheaper for you if you decide that you want to you know have some representation with a table or a booth but art fairs great way to uh, you know possibly make something happen with established galleries all right that's pretty much it. Other than that, start off slow. You start off with a co-op gallery, or if you have enough money, start off with your own gallery and build your reputation. Pay close attention to your social media. Uh, try to grow your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikTok, or whatever other platform you use. Uh, because a lot of times, uh, galleries will pick you up just based on the strength of your online presence. If you have a YouTube channel where you have 20,000 plus subscribers, uh, you got an Instagram page where you have 15,000 followers and you get a lot of interaction in your comment section and likes, galleries might pick you up on the strength of that alone because they see you have numbers and your numbers will eventually become their numbers. You know, so, um, you know, pay close attention to that because ultimately, you know, you want to be rep you want your work to be represented in every art market right so you might work with several galleries you might get a deal with a gallery who represents you in los angeles uh one a different one who represents you in san francisco or new york miami hong kong paris london you know these are the places where you want to you know make some noise you know, and so you might end up with a bunch of different galleries who represent you in those different markets. Or if you get lucky, you might get with a, a mega gallery who owns galleries in all those uh, markets. You know, somebody like Gagosian or Saatchi, you know, but of course, those are a little bit more exclusive, a little bit more difficult to approach or get into. But hey, someone's got to get in there, right? All right. Might as well be you. Anyway. I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at imakeyouslick at gmail.com. Again, that's imakeyouslick at gmail.com. Let me know if you have any suggestions uh, for the show or any episode that you hear. If, you, if I miss something, let me know. Follow me on Instagram. That's iceberg underscore slick. Um, and uh, join the Facebook page if you're on Facebook. I know a lot of youngsters don't fuck with Facebook like that. But if you are on Facebook... Join the Facebook page, The Slickshin Culture Podcast. All right, people, I really thank you for um, listening. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and uh, tell your friends about it. All right, folks, as always, stop hating, start painting. You won't be sad. Peace. Peace.